Welcome to the Seen, Heard, Accepted podcast, brought to you by the Valentin family. Join us as we talk about what it's like to grow up neurospicy and queer in a world wired for normal. Please remember to click subscribe and share this with your friends. Please, we're desperate. Hello and welcome to the Seen, Heard, Accepted podcast. Today, you've got the parents. Um, we don't have the kids with us and we're just going to have a open and honest conversation about um, parenting neurodivergent children and also just getting on the same page as a co-parent. I know in my work with families, um, I often get a lot of questions about how to get on the same page with a co-parent. And although this is still very much a work in progress for us and our family, uh, we thought we might just share some of our experiences. Yes, we'll share some of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Wayne, um, <laughs> what has it been like for you sort of finding out, you know, from the diagnosis of our kids and and all that kind of stuff, you know, what's it like being for you, being the dad of neurodivergent kids? So before, before they were diagnosed, I found it very difficult with dealing with the children to a point of I was always thinking that they were problematic, they weren't listening. Turns out they were just different. Mm -hmm. And when we went to that course that you and I did. So we were talking about tuning into teens? Tuning into teens, yes. Uh, I wasn't sure if there was a hiatus on using that. No. Not that course name. But anyway, um, we went to that course and we learned about uh, dealing with uh, teens, because all our kids were teens at the time. Um, not dealing with them, but, you know, understanding our children um, is when the, 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 the lady who did the course here um, mentioned that there's a possibility that our kids are neurodivergent. Or, you know, neuroatypical. Autistic. Autistic, specifically. And I was like, yeah, nah. No, nah, not my, not my children, you know. And um, anyway, we we sat down and had a conversation, and I'm one who requires proof for stuff. I don't just believe things ad hoc. I need clear and present proof in anything. I'm a bit of a science nut per se. I, I believe that there's always a science behind everything, and. When she went, she went, she laid down all these things that uh, asked us questions about, uh, it was Maddie particularly at that mm. time, um, about oh, does or do they um, do this and do they do that and do they do this? And it was, wow, uh, yeah, isn't that normal? And it turned out it wasn't. And yeah. it's like, oh, shit, okay. Um, so moving on from that, there was um, – a bit hard to swallow at first, and um, then the more we went into it, a lot of 
things come up, you know, like, oh, my gosh, if only I'd known, mm-hmm. um, I would have dealt with it differently um, because you then understand that the child is not acting out or anything. It's just just the way they were dealing with and the way they were processing the world. The world. It wasn't easy. It wasn't just a next day thing. It was quite difficult to to process because same thing with everything. It's change is difficult for anybody, um, including even the child accepting the, their diagnosis. Um, for Maddie particularly, I think it, I think she accepted uh, they accepted it a lot faster because it gave them an, a, an explanation as to why they were battling with a lot of things. Um, as a father, I found it very difficult to accept. I can't explain why, but it just, I found it difficult to accept. But the more that we spoke about it and the more that we dug into it, the more accepting I became of it. And it is very important to note that as a father, we need to be there for our kids and especially our partners. That is super important. So as much as I had a lot of doubts and reservations about things that were being said and explained and all the rest of it, I sort of went, okay, hold on, let's just say these things are true. Let's just be more accepting of it and get on the same page per se and get on 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 base with the missus, with my partner, and let's work together rather than against each other. And once we did that, our relationship or my relationship with my children went from, let's be realistic, subpar, to on par and above the point that we're in a situation that we can talk freely with one another and I can help them when they're in strife. Long story short, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, that is so important, um, you know, to really just, I suppose, like sometimes like have that sort of radical acceptance of, you know, um, this is reality. I might not like reality. I might not be happy with this. It might not be okay with me, but I'm just going to accept that this is a reality right now and stop fighting against that reality. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I think thinking back to that course, I think doing that course together as well, we learned so much about ourselves and yeah. about each other yeah. during that process. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of, you know, think for parents who are perhaps struggling to get on the same page, doing a parenting course together, um, learning some strategies and some tools about yourself and that you can work together with mm. um, is like what is a really important step. It brought us so much closer together. Yeah. And like we keep telling each other that um, you don't know what you don't know. 
you you can only go through life with the the tools you've been handed down and the tools you've crafted yourself and it just takes a suggestion or like Tanya said um somebody else giving you some more tools just to make your life so much easier yeah um and accepting of those tools yeah. we have we we know people that are just not accepting of um their kids being different and we can see how difficult that becomes that that is for the child and the parent instead of them just possibly taking that extra step and going, okay, let me actually hear what these people have got to say and see if we can move forward and build a healthy relationship with their kid and let their kid grow up in a nicer world yeah. with their family. You know, I think sometimes we, you know, it's a really good point, Wayne. Um, you know, sometimes we we don't want to label our children or we kind of think that, there is, you know, some type of shame or stigma attached to being autistic or being wired differently. But our kids, even though we don't acknowledge it as parents, our kids know that they're different. And, you know, um, just because we don't, like, put a label on something like autism or ADHD doesn't mean that our kids aren't autistic or have ADHD and us denying it or not like facing up to that reality, I think just kind of sometimes teaches our children that perhaps we're afraid of it or we're ashamed of it. So they need to be afraid or ashamed of that part of themselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also just want to like acknowledge what you said there as well, you know, just around tools. Um, you know, I think parenting is one of those really those things that we kind of we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get it right because we know that we are um you know the life of another human being is in our hands and family is like one of those things that's really important to us as well it's like a really high value for a lot of people and so you know we don't want to make mistakes um we don't want to be seen as a failure um, whereas it's just like any other job, you, you sure you learn on the job, but sometimes you just need some new tools for your toolkit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, parenting is like an apprenticeship. You one day end up with this kid, this little bucket of bundle, not bucket, sorry, bundle of joy, with quote unquote fingers, a screaming, crying, shitting baby. Um, and you're expected to know what to do. Um, we are talking about firstborns. You get better as number one, two, and three come along, if you're so blessed. And, you know, without the help of our family, number one, extended families and friends who have been through this or are going through this, a.k.a. having kids, and obviously our parents have had kids because we're their, their, their kids, Um you get these tools get handed down to you and then you make them your own or, you know, you just go along. It's always handy to get new tools in a toolbox. Um, it's it's always handy to learn more and more and more the more you learn. And I can tell you one thing for nothing. Our eldest is soon to be 21. We're still learning. 
<laughs> we're still learning. Well, I mean, that makes sense because relationships is one of those things that I think you're always learning about because there's so many different variables. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think also just, you know, there are so many things out there in the world now that we're having to learn about and mitigate and navigate that our parents never even considered that they'd have to navigate. Yeah, yeah. A uh, simple thing, um, our parents' mobile phones when we were kids, well, we never had mobile phones as, as kids. I mean, we only had them as young adults, I think, when Maddie was born. Which was like nearly 30. Yeah, you know, and then our, our parents, uh, um, you know, the internet wasn't even born until our our, our generation had come up, come along. So, you know, now you've got the advent of social media with our kids and we're, I'm still learning, Tanya's way more fun than me, um, but, you know, social media is a big thing that we do not have the tools for it as parents. We don't have the correct tools for it. And we're learning as we go how to protect our children from things mm. on social media or in social media and how to give them the tools to protect themselves uh, and it's, you know, helping them to understand the ramifications of social media and, and, and all that stuff as well. So it's a constant learning yes. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, in some ways it's like this big experiment really, you know, because <laughs> it's so unprecedented, unprecedented. We've got AI and stuff now as well. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it is such big learning. Yeah. 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 It's very, can be very frustrating, but soldier on, I say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what is, you know, what what do you, I, I have some views here and I'm sure you're similar to me, but what do you think is one of the biggest barriers for pa parents and families in getting their children help, especially if they are struggling with their mental health? Oh, we do us. Um, biggest barriers. Like what stops them from saying, oh, I need some help? Um, they might feel shame. They might feel embarrassed. Um, they might not be able to communicate with their parents. Um, I mean, who are you going to go to? As a kid nowadays, we all too often we see kids go to their mates or they go to social media and ask for help. And you get two, generally two clear-cut lines, divisions, um, those who want to help and be great mates and those who are just being full of nonsense and will bring you down even further. Mm -hmm. And generally there's not enough balance in that. You're already down, so any more weight coming down is just going to pull you down with regard, regardless of how much help you're getting from your mates. However, if a kid was able to communicate freely with their parents um, who could be their best mate early on in life, I think this would mitigate a lot of the stuff we're seeing today. Um, I reckon if you can create a bond, a communication channel with your children 
our, if we could have done it with ours a lot earlier, for, for instance, it would be so much easier for them to come out and have a conversation going, I'm feeling down, there's something going on, I don't know what's going on, what do I need to do, could you, could you give me help? Or they might just want to talk to you and you just got to learn to listen. Hmm. And, you know, they'll ask you for help, but you've got to have those channels open. And if that means swallowing your pride and being there for your kids, you just got to do it, man. Yeah. I, I'm just reflecting on, like, what changed for us in terms of being able to offer that or to make that available for our children. And I think the biggest learning for me, especially when we were doing that course together as parents, yeah. was discovering just how dismissive I was as a parent. And I didn't mean to be. No. But, but we were. We were so dismissive of our children, their emotions, their experiences, what they were telling us. Um, and the way that we were communicating that to them just totally shut it down, shut down any yeah. communication or trust. And, and Oh, we definitely didn't mean to do it, but, you know, life got in the way and, you know, you're busy cooking dinner or I was busy mowing the lawn or whatever and kids trying to have a conversation. We're like, not now, later, or, you know, you'll be fine, move on, carry on, you know. What, what's, that, what's that thing that, that saying, you uh, know, <laughs> carry on you know oh, keep calm and carry on yeah that uh, well, doesn't really work does it I think the biggest way that I was probably dismissive was um trying to fix the situation yeah you know like yeah. your child comes to you with a problem and they um you know th- perhaps that something's going on at school or something like that and instead of just treating the situation with empathy being there to kind of help them with those feelings you automatically start giving them advice about the things that they should do yeah should be or shouldn't be doing instead of just listening and and hearing out and then let them solve their own problems unless they ask you to help them solve their problems but yeah yeah um but yeah we you are so right we get so caught up in our daily life that it's sometimes really difficult to um just stop and be present yeah definitely yeah. Um, and just on the flip side, what do you think is really, you know, what what in your opinion has been really hard is really hard for parents to get help? Oh, I don't know. Don't know the answer to that one. No, I, like what was one of the things that was like we, I, you know, I'm just thinking back to, you know, our kids were struggling, and it was very hard for us to go to the doctor, go to counsellors, all that kind of thing, um, and ask for help for our family. And I know that's something that a lot of families struggle with. Oh, I didn't like airing out my dirty laundry with everybody, but I'll tell you what, once I started spilling the beans, they kept kept rolling out the jar. (laughs) Yeah. Because that weight coming off your shoulders, man, is just unbelievable, you know. Um, Yeah, you need to talk. You need to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I uh, even if you talk to your mate, mm. you know your bestie, have a conversation. Make sure they want to listen, though. But definitely have a conversation with your bestie about stuff. You know, um, even if it's about your partner, and then you know, eventually, hopefully that. 
you guys, how can I put it? You've got to be on the same team, your partner. You, my bestie is my partner, my wife. Um, we have this ritual that if we go for a spa, we just have a fat convo and just have a conversation and talk and talk and talk and talk and just get stuff out, you know, and it's great. Um, we do that outside of the spa too, but it's just one thing we did. Is, that's where it all started. You've got to talk and you've got to best person to talk to is your partner. If you have problems with your partner, talk to your best mate to fix the problem with your partner because no point not being on the same page, I believe. Mm. You can't you can't be it's no good butting heads because the kids see everything. Mm. And they feel everything too. If, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um your greatest success for your children is a success in your relationship with your partner. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes parents feel a lot of shame or feeling like perhaps they aren't good, good getting help or asking for help means that you're admitting that you're not a good parent. Yeah. Nah. Um, uh, yes. I'm agreeing with the statement and then I'm stating, if I can be so blunt, pull your bloody heads in. <laughs> well, it took me a while, but definitely. Um, I asked for help personally, and I got the help, and it was fantastic. And with that help, I was then able to have a relationship, a better relationship with my wife, and then it blossomed from there. And, you know, now we're helping our children. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just want to say for the listeners, hey, there is still times when there's tension. There's still times when there's arguments and miscommunications. But I think the biggest difference for us is that we get over it a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, and we're able to perhaps not be so stubborn and, and stuck in our ways. We've both we've both been to counselors, we've both had help on our own and also together, which I think, you know, a lot of people are perhaps resistant to getting that help um, from professionals, but it really has been super helpful for us in terms of in terms of moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not easy in our country to get counselling. You are able to get counselling and free counselling. Not many sessions. I think it's three mm. sessions you can get for free. Um, use them. Definitely use them. And hopefully in the three sessions that you have, you get some tools to help you. Um, I mean, I only had three, really. Mm. And I, I use those tools to help me have a better relationship. Yeah. 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 Um, what are, let's have a little bit of fun here, what are some of the myths about relationships you know, like some of the things we're told, like don't go to bed angry or stuff like that, that you kind of want to debunk. Oh, don't go to bed angry. Well, you don't actually sleep. Well, I don't know. I want to like, I want to challenge that because I think sometimes, you know, like late lately, sometimes when we have been angry, we have just kind of agreed to disagree, yeah. moved away from that. But then gone and 
approach the argument the next day when we're both a little bit calmer and cooler and we're yeah. able to communicate better. Yeah, when I say angry, I'm talking about your lid is flipped as we discussed in the last party. But, like, seriously, when your lid's flipped and you're screaming and shouting and eventually you go, oh, stuff us, I'm going to bed. You know, like, you know, like we might be screaming and shouting at each other in the bed. And then you go, bugger this, you're just not hearing me, I'm going to turn over and go to sleep. Yeah, nah, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Definitely go, right, okay, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, let's revisit this in the morning because I'm absolutely buggered and I'm still saying stuff that's going to be hurtful and unnecessary. So let's just revisit this in the morning. Generally, I'm right, which is wrong, so it's all good. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, but I, I, I definitely, that's not debunking it. Definitely don't get a bit enraged. Let's, let's rather use yeah. that term. Yeah, you can be upset and go to bed, I suppose, but not enraged. You've got to calm your you got to calm your farm first. Yeah, but often that's not 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 something you can do with the person that no. is causing the rage. No, you have yeah. to you have to walk away, go cool off. Yeah. Um, not keep keep at it. No. Um, is what I meant. Um yeah. is there any other sort of like parenting or relationship advice that we have been given that perhaps isn't the most helpful um oh off the top of my head no something will come to me i'm sure what have you got hmm i'm not sure perhaps um <laughs> perhaps as uh, listeners you might want to um chime in with some some that you've sort of found are not true um what are some of the ways that we have been able to keep our relationship together and still be on the same team after 27 years together yeah or more um a reset a regular reset i don't mean exactly six months but I reckon twice a year, get away with your partner, just you and your partner. Get a sitter for the kids. I'm not talking go out for dinner. I'm talking away, go away. Get away from the children. Go to, and it doesn't work for everybody, yeah. but it worked for us, is we do it at least once a year. Yeah. Sort of mid-year because it's our anniversary and stuff, but just go away for a weekend, nothing flash or fancy or anything like that. Just go away so you're alone and it's just like you're dating again almost and just have a weekend to yourselves and just relax away from the noise of it all yeah. because the noise creates pressure in your, your head and your mental, your mental state. And it just gets so much and so overwhelming. Just getting away for that um, weekend. It only has to be a weekend. Um, Tanya and I do it quite regularly. We try to get away twice a year. Um, and just that little reset is just so good. Mm. It just, you know, we come back all refreshed in our relationship. And, you know, we, we've got more to give to the kids. You know, but if you don't, you feel stressed out and overwhelmed, and that is felt by the children as well. Yeah. They see it in you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my tip. Yeah. 
<laughs> I also think just being able to um, be more focused on like meeting each other's needs. Um, and I think also sometimes it's quite good to be able to um, have hobbies outside of your relationship or things that you enjoy to do outside of your relationship so that you are filling your own personal tank and you have more to add to the relationship as well. Like, you know, I know that you, you know, you really love like golfing and fishing and going down to your shed and tinkering around. Mm -hmm. um, and that's quite a good release for you. Yeah. 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 My, my working release, my working relaxation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely have uh a hobby outside of your daily grind, outside of your responsibilities as a parent, mm -hmm. um, even outside of sharing those responsibilities and hobbies with your kids, to something for yourself just to refill your tank. If refilling your tank is having a hobby with your kid, well, bear, go for it. Well done. Yeah. Awesome. Um to be honest, if my kids want to come and help me tinker down the bottom, which they don't, but I think I would be, when we have done it, because of their uh, needs, um, it's been great. I've enjoyed it. Um, they may not have enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed it. Um, they think I'm a slave driver. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely I agree with you. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you know, I think it's also important that you you try to um that as a partner you support your um your partner's need for hobbies and outside things mm. and help to facilitate it and make make it possible. Yeah. Um I know a lot of perhaps mums that find it you know quite hard or feel really guilty about having time to themselves in particular mums yeah, yeah. and to have a partner um, who sort of makes that possible for you, who picks up some slack while you have some time to yourself. Mm -hmm. That has been super um, helpful and something that I've really appreciated about you, Wayne. No. Oh. Excellent. Well, good. Likewise. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. If you can help out the the missus, definitely help them out. Um. Because, uh, even though sometimes a woman who looks after the kids and maybe a housewife, housewife slash mum, um, that is still a job. Mm. It is still a job. It is. You could be paying six hundred bucks a week for somebody else to look after your kids, but you're not. Your wife is doing it, or your partner's doing it, and sometimes they need a break. Mm. Um, and to be honest, half the time, all you need to do is just do the washing, maybe flick a vacuum cleaner around the house, cook them a meal, um, and then the obvious flowers, dinner, <laughs> stuff like that, and even more stuff. You know, taking the saying, "Hey, go catch up with the girlfriends," and just going to town with a mate or what have you and you look after the kids and whatever, whatever it needs. And vice versa, if you've got a house husband, mm -hmm. it works both ways. Um, yeah, just, um, yeah, 
be caring and 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 understanding that being a, a full-time parent mm. is a job yeah um even a part-time parent is a job but a full-time parent aka somebody who stays home with the little ease um is, is a is a tough job and they need um help yeah it's one thing i didn't give tanya enough of and i have many times apologized and I still try and make up and I will never be able to make that up because that time is gone and it's been lost. But um, together we stand strong and firm with our children at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much um, for having this conversation with me, Wayne. Yes. Um, okay, so just before we finish, if you could... But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> If you could give young Wayne some okay. advice, yeah. like when you know when we had our first our first baby, we brought little Maddie home from the hospital, mm -hmm. and you could give him some advice. What would it be? Oh well, jeepers. Um. Help your wife more. Be on your wife's side. Don't work so damn hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a quick and easy one, but yeah. Um, Definitely help the wife more and give her more support. It's one thing that we lacked. Mm. One thing I lacked. Yeah, I think it's the flip flip side though. I think that perhaps young Tanya um, thought that she had to do it all alone and did, was found it very difficult to ask for help. Yeah, and absolutely. to relinquish control with with the with with the young children. Yes, um, there was a bit of that. Uh, so, you know, I, I think maybe that's what advice I would give her. You know, I think just work with your partner, ask for help, give help, be more kind and compassionate with each other. Listen, yeah, communicate. Be kind. Sorry. Excuse our, dog. excuse our dog. We've got a little Frenchie and he's making a lot of noise in the background. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Let us know how you you found it. Um, if you have any questions about parenting or getting on the same side as a co-parent um, that you'd like to ask, um, you can um, DM us um, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Anchor FM. Um, you can voice message us. We always love to hear from you. Until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Seen Heard Accepted podcast with the Valentin family. If you would like to reach out to comment, to ask a question, to share your experience, or to find out how you can work with us, please use the contact information in our show description. Please remember to love, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends and family.